Well, it is a joy to uh, see you again and stand before you to open up God's Word this morning. Uh, I have the task of preaching to you all on the subject of old age. And uh, when I got that task, I was uh, wondering what Ryan was thinking. (laughs) Especially since two weeks ago, Pastor Doug preached on youth. And so I kind of was wondering if (laughs) maybe there is a switch. Uh, And then I had a birthday last week, and so I was wondering if Ryan just knew I'd be feeling a little bit older this Sunday and just in a really good place to preach on old age. But I, as I have studied this, it has done wonders in my own heart of just realizing that I have not always thought well about old age. And, And so I'm excited to open up God's Word so that we might learn what He would say to us about old age, how to prepare for it but also how to honor it. And so if I had two burdens today that I pray this word would do in your hearts, it's that A, for those who are of older age, that you would recognize that God is not through with you. Uh, You are his to serve him and love him until you see him face to face. And so I want you to be encouraged that this body, the kingdom needs you and your labors. And for most of us here who would fall in the age of of young, younger, my prayer is that God would work in us an honoring for those that are in their older years and an aspiring to want to be like those who are still walking faithfully with the Lord in their old years. And so I pray that as we open up God's word, uh, it would do that in our hearts. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Proverbs. We're going through the book of Proverbs this summer, and we're going to look at one verse, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 31. Proverbs chapter 16, verse Proverbs chapter 16, verse 31 reads like this. Gray hair is the crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. Read that again. Gray hair is the crown of glory, and it is gained in a righteous life. Let's pray. Father, as we open up your word, I pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to receive your word. God, I pray that we would take it in as holy food that is meant to nourish us and build us up and to help us grow, to conform us into the image and likeness of Christ, and help us live lives of righteousness that are for your glory alone. And so, God, would you do what I cannot do? Would you take this word and would you transform the hearts of all those who are here? Would you shine a spotlight on your beauty and your glory and your splendor as the Ancient of Days? And would you help us to be a people who are careful to obey you in all things that you have set before us? God, pour out your spirit and glorify your name. Glorify your son that we may enjoy more of him. In Jesus' name, amen. When you hear the words old age, what comes to mind? As you think about the the, uh, the words old age, what comes to mind? If you're older, you probably don't want to hear those words. You probably don't want to be reminded of your old age. For other people, you might think of diminished health and energy. The older I get, 
the more and more I just do not have the health and vitality that I used to have. And that would be true. Ecclesiastes says that there is infirmities with old age. Other people, you may think of loss or loneliness. The, the longer you live, the more people you will lose. We all will go the way of death, and the longer you live in this life, you will be confronted by that reality. Others of you may think of words like burden or inconvenience. To, to care for those in their old age, or, or those older people just don't have the same strength. I know in my own heart I had to check myself. I, I wrestle with this when I'm driving, and I, I get that sweet old gray head in front of me that's doing 55 and a 55, and it, it, I just want to be like, come on, man, let's, let's get it. <laughs> we got places to go. And so you, you may think of, of terms like that. Other people... You may think of, of wisdom and preciousness. I pray that many of us would think more like that by the end of this sermon. But I just want you to stop and think, when you think about old age, what do you think about? Because here's the deal. We live in a culture in which old age is being valued less and less by the day. If you weren't aware, we live in a youth movement culture where youth and vitality and being young and beautiful and all these things, that is what we worship. And you may not think it's affecting you, but little things like dyeing the hair to hide gray hair, not saying that's a sin, but maybe you should think about why you do that. I was reading an article that was saying that around the 1950s, people would actually exaggerate their age up you know, so if you're 50, oh, I'm, I'm 55, because you wanted to be older and wiser. Now people, they oftentimes want to exaggerate their, their age down. I know of people who, when they became a grandmother, were like, no, do not call me grandmother. Call me something else, but don't call me grandmother. Forgetting that grandchildren are the glory of grandparents is what the Psalms say and uh, the Proverbs say in Proverbs 17, verse 6. And so we live in a culture that more and more wants to shove the old age over there in that nursing home, in their, in their little corner, while we young people get on with life. If you don't believe me, do a quick Google search on assisted suicide of the old age. It's a growing theme here in our country, and there are more and more people that are like, yeah, I don't want to suffer, I don't want to be old, those old people don't want to suffer, we should just create laws so that you can take the life of an older person once they're done living because they're no good for anything. That's the culture that we live in. And so again, I ask you, what do you think about when you think about old age? The Bible here thinks very highly of old age. And I pray that we would be a biblical people that think very highly of old age. But let's deal with our text. I don't really have any points here. What I want to do today is I want to work through this text and I want to, I want to talk about and think about the main three kind of words or phrases or clauses. And so if you, if you like to take notes and you just need that on your paper, then my three points would be gray hair, crown of glory, it is gained by a righteous life. Gray hair, point number one, 
crown of glory, point number two, and it is gained by a righteous life. As we jump into Proverbs, it's important to remember this, that this particular proverb is a type of Hebrew poetry. And, and like most poetry, poetry has, usually has two lines. And so in Hebrew poetry, it, uh, the, the first line states something, and then the second line can usually do one of three things. It can either illuminate the first, so it can clarify the first, and you see this if you uh, want to take it down and, and, and jot it down, 27 verse 2, it, it says one thing and then it says a very similar thing just to bring clarity to what it means. Other times, it expands on it. This is our verse today. Gray hair is a crown of glory. Well, what does that mean? How do I think about that? Well, you should think and know that it's gained in a righteous life. Another verse that does that in Proverbs is, is Proverbs 3, verse 9. Sometimes it will contrast. The second line will contrast the first to help you to understand kind of what's going on. You can see that in 17.9 if you have your Bible open. Uh, in 17, verse 9, it says, whoever covers an offense, seek love. But then notice the contrast. But he who repeats a matter separates close friends. One principle over here, the opposite principle over here. And so this proverb that we're going to look at is a type of Hebrew poetry that is meant to bring clarity as you study one line and then the second line. So my first point, gray hair. Gray hair in the Proverbs points towards old age. And more specifically, gray hair points to the wisdom that is gained from old age. They're not trying to highlight, hey, just have some gray hair and everything is good. They're trying to say those who have gray hair, if they are walking with the Lord, should generally be wiser. And if we're honest, in a youth culture, five minutes on Instagram or Snapchat, and you can clearly see that our culture is not wiser. And we are bearing the fruit of being such a young culture and that everything around us, I think Ryan said this a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, and I would agree, is just utter stupidity. And that's not everything, but it's a lot of stuff. You can just look up stupid thing after stupid thing, and you can laugh and giggle about the most trite of things. Is that always a sin? It's not. But are you stupefying your mind if you're doing that for hours on end? You are. And so we live in a culture where we're seeing the fruit of less and less wise gray heads in our midst. And so gray hair is meant to be a sign of wisdom. If you wanted another verse, you can look at Proverbs chapter 20, verse 9. Uh, ch chapter 20, verse 19, I'm sorry, 29. I'll get it right. It's got a 9 in it. Chapter 20, verse 29, where it says, the glory of youth is their strength, but the glory of the gray hair, but the glory of the old is their gray hair, or is their, is, is their wisdom. I'm going to just read it to you because I'm butchering it. <laughs> the glory of young men is their strength, but the splendor of old men is their gray hair. Well, what is he trying to say? Is he trying to say that, oh, you young people got your strength, but I got gray hair? No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, you young people have your strength, but I have wisdom. I have something that's better than strength. I have wisdom. 
And so what the, song, what the Proverbs here are trying to draw attention to are those that have gray hair. And at the same time, while there are many people that are old, an old age, there are many people that have gray hair, this psalm is trying to say, this proverb, I'm going to do that all day. My brain's not there. This proverb is trying to say that you should earn your gray hair. This proverb is trying to point us to the glory of earning your gray hair. And we'll see that as we continue to walk through. Wisdom is gained from many years of walking in the fear of the Lord. And this proverb, to be wise, is to be someone who has walked in the fear of the Lord for many, many years. This wisdom is the skill of godly living towards God and man. To be wise, it isn't that you can say a couple pithy statements from time to time. It isn't that you just simply manage money. It's that you have learned to live for decades walking in the fear of the Lord. And you have a skill of understanding what it looks like to honor God in this situation, and that situation, this other situation. It's a wisdom that has gone and come through in the fear of the Lord through, through making mistakes, repenting, sinning against God, seeing a better way. And over time, there is a wisdom that is wrought in the soul, and it can come to the soul no other way than through walking with the Lord over time. It's also important to remember that biblically, age is generally considered a blessing from the Lord. Age is generally considered, in the Bible, the fruit of a godly life. Listen to these verses. Genesis chapter 25, verse 8, speaking of Abraham, who was, who was the one who God made a covenant with and made a promise to, it says, at the end of his life, Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. Listen to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandment. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. You take heed to the Proverbs, to the truth and wisdom in them, they will add years to your life. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 16. This is the benefits of possessing Lady Wisdom. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Lastly, Proverbs chapter 9 verses 10 through 11. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me, your days will be multiplied, and years will be added to your life. I don't know about you, but I get this little news feed in Yahoo, and uh, so sometimes I read through, and, and, and again, going back to stupidity, you just would be amazed the things that people do. And, and I don't say this in a... Uh, in an irreverent way, but there are literally people losing their lives for just doing stupid things, un unwise things. I was reading of one story, just to give an example, this person didn't die, praise the Lord, but he felt pretty bad. He was going on a tour, there was an active volcano and you could kind of go up and they had a safe staging place. You could go up, be safe. But you know, people don't want to be safe, they want to be foolish, and so he took a back way and was standing right on the edge. And of all things in a youth culture, what was he doing standing on the edge? 
he was taking a selfie. And he drops his phone, and then, of course, he goes to get his phone, forgetting he's standing on the edge, and you know where this is going. He had to be rescued from falling into an active volcano. He came up, body all scraped up, looking real goofy. Why? Because he was being foolish. Things like that will keep you from living a long life because it's utter foolishness. But to walk in wisdom comes with a promise that you will have years added to your life. Now, you're probably saying, well, Evan, yeah, but don't the righteous die young as well? And can't you die young? That's absolutely true. Remember, these are proverbs. These are general truths. On the whole, they will generally apply, but there will be exceptions. There will be times in which, in which it doesn't act exactly go the way the proverbs say. But generally, in a room this big, if you all walk in wisdom, generally, many of you will probably live longer lives because of it. Second point, gray hair is a crown of glory. I love how the Proverbs and Hebrew poetry uses vivid imagery. You can almost close your eyes and see someone, uh, Christy King, gray hair, it looks amazing. It truly is a glorious crown. And you can look in your head and you can picture someone with a hair full of gray hair and, and they're full of grace and beauty. And it's saying that you should wear that as a crown. It is a crown of glory and a crown is meant to enhance beauty and authority. A crown is not a fitted hat, it's not a baseball cap. When you wear a crown, it has meaning to it. Truth, truth be told, if somebody, if I came, I, I thought about doing this, if I came with a crown today, everybody in here would be like, what's going on? Evan, like, what's up? Like, what, what? you would notice. <laughs> you would notice. And I would say, you know, I'm, I'll be preaching today, and so I wanted to, no. <laughs> a crown is meant to enhance beauty and authority. It's, 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 it's meant to point out that this person is meant to be esteemed and respected. And so when it says it's a crown of glory, when that old saint walks past you, you shouldn't ignore him. You should shake their hand. You should give them a hug. You should respect them and honor them because of God's grace and their long life. Because if they have been righteous, they have been righteous in their life. Notice what Leviticus 19.32 says. Israel is actually commanded to do this. It says, you shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man. And you should fear the Lord your God. I am the Lord. I love that. Do, do, do you hear what that says? It says you should stand and look in the face of an old man, and, and obviously we know an old woman as well. But it also says you should fear the Lord. And I think the implication is to fear the Lord is to respect the old man. Part of what it looks like to fear the Lord as we gather every week, as we walk around, is to actually show honor in the fear of the Lord to the older saints in our midst. Let me pause. 
When you think about old age, what do you think about? I love that our text continues, and it says that old age, gray hair, is a crown of glory, but then the second line, it comes in and it modifies. It comes in and brings clarity. We're not called to honor just every single old person because they're simply old. We're not simply called to honor just because somebody has gray hair. There's a particular type of gray head that we're called to honor. And it's the gray head that has been gained in a righteous life. Other translations will say it is, it is gained in the way of righteousness. We should honor those who have walked in years of righteousness before the Lord. Those who fear the Lord will walk in wisdom and righteousness. And those who continue in righteousness, who walk the way of righteousness, will continually grow in this practical wisdom. As I was thinking, I, I was just reminiscing and, and thankful for the older saints that have benefited my life, the older saints that have been a part of, of this church that walk in righteousness. And so I, I think of Jimmy and Leah and Hedrick, and I'm just so thankful for, for him just to hear how he's, he's working hard. And I'm going to put somebody in the spot, and they're not going to like this, but Frank, where you at? What's up, bro? Frank's my dog. We went overseas together. He's like super like, why did he just do that? But Frank, that man to your right, you should want to be like him when you grow up. He's an example of, of a righteous gray head. I think of Coco and Jeanette, so sweet. I don't know if they're here today. But serving the church, just, just always, and always so spry. I love my Sunday hugs with Coco and Jeanette. It's just sweet to look them in the eye. I, I think of Gene and Kimberly Cone. Gene has just been an older man who's just always, even now, he just texts me once a week, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm thankful for my parents and, and for the ways that they have loved me. And so, and so you, you should cherish the gray heads amongst you, and particularly those who have gained that gray hair through a righteous life. Another couple you may not know them, they're not in Emmanuel anymore, Drew and Evie Corbett. I, I used to love just going and helping Drew sand walls, and I probably learned more about life in some ways from just talking to Drew and hearing about ministry, sanding walls, helping him out than I did through reading any book or taking any course in seminary. These are old heads that are gifts and are blessing. Not old heads, that's what I call old people, I'm sorry. <laughs> Gray heads, it really is a term of endearment. <laughs> Forgot where I was at. <laughs> Gray hair is the crown of life. It is gained through a righteous life. Now you may be sitting there and saying, yeah, I hear that, but like, what about the gospel? Like, what, where does the gospel come in? How do, you, how do you think about gray hair and crowns of life and this reality of, of walking with Christ? Well, you see, to be righteous is to obey God's moral law. And specifically, in Proverbs, to be righteous is to be wise and obedient to God in the every, nit, everyday nitty-gritty details of life. It's to walk in the fear of Lord and to honor him in things like managing your money, having honest business dealings and caring for the poor, things like being just and diligent, being prudent, not being slothful, 
Things like being a good neighbor, a good parent, a good friend. And so when it says righteousness in the Proverbs, it's saying this is somebody who in the fear of the Lord is fearing him at every single little step in their life. They're they're seeking to obey him and please him in every single thing. And I I was thinking about when to do, well, I'll, I'll save that for when I talk to young people. The wise person, the righteous person, has learned to walk with the Lord in these things over many, many years. At the same time, we know that you can't do this, you can't obey these Proverbs apart from the grace of God and the power of his Holy Spirit. And so when we think about walking in the fear of Lord or walking in righteousness, it's important to remember that God's, this, 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 these Proverbs were written to God's covenant people. They were people who were in, had entered into covenant with God. He had chosen them, set his love upon them, and he had promised that if they would walk righteously, he would protect them and be, be their God and be his people. And so these Proverbs are for God's chosen people. And God's chosen people were called to walk in the fear of the Lord. If we continue to fast forward in our Bibles, to walk in the fear of the Lord means to believe in who God is and what he said about himself, to believe his promises, to believe that he will do what he said he would do. To walk in the fear of the Lord is to believe that God is holy and righteous and good It's to believe that he's gracious and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. To walk in the fear of the Lord is also to believe what God has said about humanity, that though created in his image and likeness, all have fallen fallen short of the glory of God. It's, It's to be reminded that God says that there is none righteous, no, not one. All have turned aside, all have gone astray. It's to believe what God has said, that his wrath will fall upon all of those who do not repent and believe and trust in his remedy. And to walk in the fear of the Lord is to believe in that remedy. It's to believe that God made a way so that sinful man could dwell with and be in the presence of a holy God. To walk in the fear of the Lord is to place one's faith in Jesus Christ. It's it's to recognize that there is only one remedy for sins. There is only one way that man can be right with God. There is only one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. What it means to fear the Lord is to cast yourself upon God's mercy and grace found in him who is the image of the invisible God in Jesus Christ. That is what it means to fear the Lord. And so as we think about walking in the fear of the Lord, is to trust in the one who lived a perfect life because you can't, who perfectly walked in righteousness because you won't, who lived a life that was fully pleasing to God because you don't. It's to trust in the one who then went to die on a cross in our place so that our sins could be pardoned and forgiven. 
It's to trust in the one who, after he bled and died, rose victoriously to show that he actually accomplished everything that he said he would do. To walk in the fear of the Lord is to believe in the one who has become for us wisdom and justification or righteousness and sanctification and redemption. As we look to King Jesus, as we see his example, as we, as we live with his life that has been placed in us, we are enabled to fear the Lord and walk in righteousness. And so simply put, a gray head who has a crown of righteousness because they've walked a righteous life is somebody who has just spent years upon years looking into the face of Jesus, their king. I got an old, we got an email, some of our elders from an older saint, and one of the things he said in there, he's just like, I'm so unlike Jesus. I, I want to be so much more like Jesus, and I just loathe the fact that I'm not more like Jesus than I want to be, but I'm just going to keep reading my Bible, and I'm going to keep trying to be like Jesus. It's an older saint. What, what, what an amazing example a saint at the end of their life who's still just desperate for more of Jesus. That's the crown of righteousness. All right, I got 10 minutes. I want to spend the rest of my time just giving us some application. I really want to take this and dig down into the nitty-gritty. Okay, what does this look like? If I'm, if I'm a gray head, if I'm an older saint, how do I live? What should I do? If I'm a younger saint, what should I do? And so first to the young. I've got five points, I think, for each. To the young. This proverb is written by Solomon to his son. It's written so that young people like you and I can grow in wisdom, can know where to look for wisdom. Obviously, we have Christ. He is the ultimate example of wisdom, perfect wisdom. But God in his mercy has also given others that we can look to to grow in wisdom. The first thing I would say to you, righteous old age is to be esteemed and respected. It is to be prized and cherished. If you don't cherish the gray heads among you, I would call you to repent. And that repentance may even just be, I, I need to repent of overlooking the gift, gracious gift of gray hair in our midst. Secondly, Righteous old age is to be aspired after. If I were to ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Fireman, doctor, Ryan just said it, old. And righteously old. I want to be, when I grow up, a person who has walked with the Lord for decades and is still following after King Jesus. That is what you should aspire to. Third, well, actually... Philippians 3.17, just to show you this is a New Testament example. Paul says, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example that you have in us. So Paul's saying, I've lived a certain way. There are people that are living just like that. You should be watching them and keeping your eyes on them. You want to know how to live the Christian life? Keep your eyes on those who are a few steps ahead of you, and they will help you live the Christian life. Third, Getting even more practical. Come to church ready to encourage older saints. 
come to church ready to encourage older saints. The older you get, you begin to slow down. It's a little harder to get up, a little harder to get around. Don't underestimate how it's good to see you this morning. Can do wonders in the soul. Don't estimate how, man, I am so glad to see you. It's such a blessing to see you here. Can do wonders in the soul. Come to church ready to encourage those that are older. Number four, get to know these saints. Learn their stories. They will encourage your soul. Hear how the Lord has protected them and kept them for decades. Hear how the Lord has been faithful to them through many years. Hear how those trials that you, don't, you think right now, I don't know how we're going to do this, they've lived through it and come out on the other side. Get to know their stories. Take them out for lunch. Another shout out to Gene Cohn. You should, men, if you want to be in ministry, you should go talk to Gene Cohn or Jimmy Hedrick, two brothers that have been in ministry before. They can tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Learn from them. Lastly, young people, set a trajectory of faith and righteous living so that you can be one of these gray-haired saints one day. You don't get there unless you have a plan to get there. You don't, ha- you don't get there unless you have an aspiration to get there. And so in its simplest, keep following Jesus, keep loving him, keep doing the simple things. But at the same time, pray. Pray that you would be a righteous gray head at the end of your life. To my older saints, righteousness is a gift from God and you should cherish these gray head years. We live in a society that would tell you that you're washed up, you don't have anything to offer, and that is an absolute lie. And I just wanna say in the name of Jesus that there is still much work for you to do, and you should cherish these years that God has given you. You may not have the strength that you would like, you may not have the vitality, there may be other things that are going on, but whatever strength God has you, cherish that and use it for his glory. Secondly, I just want to say personally, as one of your pastors, Emmanuel needs you. So it's not just that you have no other use, we desperately need you. And so I I want to exhort you in these ways. The first that I want to remind you that being a disciple of Jesus, who makes disciples of Jesus, doesn't stop until you see Jesus. I'll say that again. Being a disciple of Jesus, who makes disciples of Jesus, doesn't stop until you see Jesus. And so therefore, until you take your dying breath, whatever you've got, give it to the Lord, and he will use it for the good of this body. Psalm 92, verses 12 through 15 read like this. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like the cedar of Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. Listen to this. To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. The righteous, the old righteous, those in their old age can still be full of green and sap even in their old age. They can still be be full of fruit even in their old age. And one of those callings 
is to keep proclaiming the goodness of the Lord. I was talking to one brother, and I'll, I'll begin to close with this. And he was just sharing how he's just weary of just keeping on, keeping on. You, 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 you work hard. You try to be faithful. Life smacks you around. You get back up. You try to be faithful. Fall down again. You get back up. And after you've done this for years and years and years, it can just be hard to keep getting back up and getting in the game. And one of God's means of grace for this body are you who are older. Why? Because you've done it. Us young people, we need to be reminded, young fella, you can do it. Get back up. You may not feel like you got it in you, but God will protect you. He will sustain you. Just to be able to hear that for somebody who's done it for decades is a means of grace to this body. And so if you're a gray head, I want to encourage you to labor. Labor to exemplify godly, righteous living. Labor to be somebody that we can say, be like them when you get old. Labor to encourage. Always have a word for young people. So if you're an older saint when you come, speak to us. Call us out. Encourage us. We, we need to hear the wisdom that God has given you. Labor to recount. Be quick to recount moments of God's faithfulness in your life and how he's preserved you and kept you. I was thinking, if you live long enough, there will be people in here who will, they, you will bury children, you will bury spouses, and what a grace it is to have that righteous brother or sister who's had to bury that spouse, bury that child, who can come alongside you and say, I, I know your heart is being torn up right now but God will keep you. God will sustain you. He is able to do it. What a blessing it is to have the old amongst us. Lastly, you, you may not have a, a legacy of righteousness. You, you may have come to faith in your old age and you lived a life of folly and God has recently saved you. Or maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, but you really haven't owned your, you really haven't earned your gray hairs. You can't live a life of righteousness. You don't have a decade, a legacy of righteousness, but you can have a legacy of repentance. You, we can point to you and say, that's what it looks like to repent at 65. That's what it looks like to trust the Lord and completely turn your life around, even in your old age. And that itself will be its own legacy of a humble, broken gray head who's trusting the Lord and humble enough to acknowledge that I have made mistakes and I want to repent of those mistakes. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray that you would transform how we think about old age, that we would honor those who have gray hairs amongst us, those who particularly have righteous gray hairs, and that, God, we would aspire to be like them when we reach our old age. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.